0: Hello everybody and you're listening to Afraid to Ask. I'm Helen. I'm AJ.
1: And today we're talking about compulsory voting. Now just to be clear, this is about your compulsion to turn up on polling day and cast a vote. In New Zealand you actually need to be enrolled if you're over the age of 18.
0: So in this episode, we're talking to AUT lecturer Leonard Sorota.
1: He's an expert in constitutional law and he lectures at our uh, AUT law school. Should you be obliged to vote, Day?
0: I, that's the question, that's the question that's on everybody's mind at the moment. Speaking of questions, if you have one that you're too afraid to ask, feel free to send it to us with the hashtag AskAUT and you may even see it in a future episode.
1: Let's get on with it.
0: How can you talk if you haven't got a break? What's your record for consecutive hey, questions hey. asked? I say, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. What's the deal with airplane peanuts? Do you do understand I? the words that are coming out of my mouth? And at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. Why? Now tell me, Leonard, why have we got you
2: on the podcast? Who are you? Um, what do you do at AUT? I am a lecturer at AUT. I teach constitutional law, and my research covers different parts of constitutional law, but in particular it covers something called the law of democracy, which is the legal regulation of the uh, way in which we govern ourselves democratically.
1: Righty-ho. So we're going to talk to you today about compulsory voting. Um, we're recording this in the lead-up to an election um, in New Zealand. Um, when and-
0: this comes out, that will be tomorrow. There's the... The last day of voting. So, yeah, just in there. <laughs>
1: squeaking in, squeaking <laughs> in. But it is, I mean, I guess it's a relevant uh, topic. I mean, it's a perennial one that comes up that we um, compulsory versus non compulsory voting. In New Zealand, you, you have to register, but you don't have to vote. Um, why? What are the, tell me a little bit of, I guess, the pros and cons and what are the arguments put up, um, particularly why, why we should be, we should vote?
2: Well, the reason we people might want to vote is obviously because collectively those votes will result in electing a new parliament, which, depending on its composition, will result in a new government or in maintaining in office the existing government. So collectively, the outcome of the voting process is very important. Uh, some people are not terribly interested by politics. Some people might find the options that are offered to them when they show up in the voting booth not very attractive. So those are uh, two reasons why they might not want to vote. Now the question becomes, should we force people who are not interested in voting to do that? And people who say that we should force people to vote think that it it will have one of a number of different positive effects. Uh, For example, it will uh, produce a healthier democracy, it will produce a more engaged citizenry, it will mean that politicians have to actually uh, try and attract somehow those people who at the moment tend to abstain from voting, who tend to disproportionately be young or members of certain already more or less marginalized communities. So the idea is that if you are actually forced as a politician to you know that they will be voting you might actually have to make an effort to reach out to them in a way that politicians currently don't have to do Uh, some people say that having more people voting will give us a more accurate picture of what it is that people actually want uh, the uh, political process to give them so those are some of the ideas
1: so if we start with healthy democracy, I mean, do do you get a healthier democracy um, if you force people to vote versus letting them choose whether to vote or not? I mean, what this is um, it varies around the world, and I know Australia it's compulsory to vote. New Zealand you don't have to vote. I mean, what are the patterns that you see, and does it does compulsory voting contribute to a healthy democracy?
2: Well, my personal take on it is that it doesn't. The only uh major democracy that you would really think of that has compulsory voting is Australia. Does Australia have a healthier democratic process than New Zealand, Canada, the UK? I'm not so sure about that, unless, of course, you define the health of a democracy as some people are wont to do by the number of people who vote, but then it becomes a circular Uh, Issue: the democracy is healthier the more people vote. So, in order to have a healthy democracy, we need to force people to vote. Uh, That, at best, I would say, even if large numbers of people voting are one sign of a healthy democracy, forcing them to do that is at best the sort of attacking the symptom uh, rather than the underlying problem, if it is indeed a problem. Now, is it a problem if not everyone votes? I personally don't think so. Uh, You take what is perhaps an extreme case, a country like Switzerland, which has not had turnout above 50% in the 21st century. I don't know that Switzerland is anyone's idea of not a healthy democracy. Now, Switzerland also does a lot of popular votes it does a lot of referenda, so that might be an explanation for why they have lower turnouts. Uh, but it, at the very least, shows that you can run a democratic system in different ways, and people turning out at election time is not the be-all and end-all of democracy. Is it the case that New Zealand's democracy, despite what some people... Uh, think as, uh, of as serious concerns about this vitality, the fact that in the last election there were only quote-unquote 75%, so three-quarters of the people voting, uh, that is actually uh, substantially more than in Canada, never mind the United States. So is New Zealand's democracy really doing that much better than the Canadian democracy or the American democracy? That too is not so clear. Right high. Hi
0: so this is this is very interesting for me to hear you talk about because so i'm a, I'm a 24 year old guy i would describe myself as an extremely non-political person <laughs> um uh this is, this is a safe place for us all to, to voice our <laughs> thoughts and opinions um i'm going to vote this year but not because i really want to or i'm interested i'm going to vote because my more political friends will hate me if I don't that's that's probably my main motivation to do it and um, I don't know I've and, and people get real angry people get red in the face when, when you tell them that you don't want to vote or that you don't care about it and for me I guess what it comes down to is that in my adult life I have never once been in a like a social situation um, or a, rather a societal situation where I've said to myself, man, I wish we had a different prime minister. Like, if only, if only government was different. And I get that that's specific to me. It's not specific to, to our society, and I'm sure there's heaps of problems that I'm not um, taking into account. But then people also tell you to vote who you want to vote for, and vote for yourself, not vote for the nation. Well, maybe they do. But, yeah, no, this, so this is interesting. This is the first sort of academic uh, response I've ever heard that says that I don't have to vote, but I am going to vote. Just in case anyone's ready to, to get angry at me.
2: People who practice politics or people who, st- even more so, perhaps people who study politics for a living, tend to think it's really important. And I agree that it is important. Uh, if Even if you think that, well, the uh, current government is doing a, a great job, that's not necessarily a reason not to vote. Mm-hmm. Because you might want, want to vote for them so as to keep them around if yeah. you actually like them. That said, it's true that for a lot of people, politics is not very much of a concern. Tony Blair, of all people, was actually, uh, and I forget his exact quote, but it was something to the effect that most people care a lot more about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, uh, and not so much about politics. Uh, So he recognized that a lot of people are reluctant to admit to that uh, because they think that it should matter a lot. Perhaps they are right, but the question ultimately is, can you impose that belief in the tremendous importance of politics on other people who do not share it?
0: Well, that's the thing, is because if I was a political person, or rather, like, I don't feel like I should vote because I'm not that educated in in the subjects and I'm not that concerned with it, and yet people really, really want everyone to vote. But for me, it's like, like, I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't necessarily think my opinion should be law, like, they are what they are, um, and so, yeah, there there is a problem there in, in people voting un, without having the knowledge they should have, right?
2: So there are a couple of things to say about that. One <laughs> is that if you're worried about imposing your opinions on others, uh, this... Really, you should not worry about that, because your vote makes no difference. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Collectively, our votes make all the difference, but an individual vote makes virtually no difference at all, and the chances that an individual vote even in a proportional system like New Zealand has, the chances that an individual vote will make the difference between even one party having one more MP or one fewer MP are infinitesimal. They're very close to zero. So, and, and, this, and this in turn means that nobody has very much of an incentive to devote a lot of time and effort to deciding how you are going to vote. When you make decisions in your day-to-day life, you have a great deal of an incentive to get those things right, because you are going to be living with the consequences. When you make decisions politically, as a voter, you have very little incentive to get things right, because how you personally vote will not matter very much. And so a lot of people are going to be voting without having informed themselves. They are going to be making uneducated decisions. They are often going to be making irrational decisions. They are going to be acting like sports fans. Oh, I like this person for reasons that have very little to do with their policies or perhaps even with their character. Uh, but might have more to do with their feelings, uh, which is more or less why you might be cheering for a particular sports team. And then when you are in that mode, think of how you are watching a sports game. Whatever it is, you are going to think, for example, that the referees are biased against your side. Uh, Whether or not that is actually true, you will have a very hard time remaining objective. You will process information and... Your friend who is rooting for the other side will be processing the same information that you're both seeing, but they will think that the referees are biased (laughs) the other way. And when people think about politics, uh, that's more or less how they think about it. They tend to process information that somehow favors their side, In uh, they, they take a lot of interest in that, uh, and they will ignore information that they are unhappy with, uncomfortable with, information that might force them to revise their beliefs. When you're making decisions, again, in your own private life, you kind of have to do that, because if you are pig-headed in that way, you don't take unpleasant consequences into account, well, you are uh, going to suffer for it. In a political, in your uh, capacity as a citizen and as a voter, you probably are not.
0: I, I haphazardly agree, though. I think it's more, I've made similar similar observations, I guess. Um, what do you think, Helen?
1: Well, I was, uh, some of the, I'm going to throw out some of the reasons we should vote, <laughs> should vote. Um, we're failing, you know, if you don't vote, you're failing to honour those who died, who or died fighting for that right. Um you know, and, and those kinds of, that um if you if you don't vote you can't complain about um, the outcome. I have to admit, I use that one. I might have been around my mother-in-law, she won't be listening to this podcast, so she won't hear about that. But I in my mind I was like, Oh, you didn't even vote, so why are you complaining? Um, you know, these these there are these things that are, thrown I guess to guilt you a little bit um into Getting out there on voting day. I mean, what do you make of all this stuff? The coercion to, to vote.
2: Well, well, to take up the the argument from gratitude that we should be honoring uh, people, and it's not just uh, soldiers who died, uh, it's also the uh, campaigners for, let's say, women's suffrage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we, we should be honoring them as well, and we should be feeling grateful to them as well. Uh, make, to all those who in one way or another contributed to all of us having an equal chance to do it, whether or not we want to, to take that chance up. Uh, well, we I think we should also be grateful to a whole lot of other people who have helped us secure a variety of other rights, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. I'm personally very grateful to all those who um, campaigned and sometimes died for uh there and eventually my right not to force to go to any particular church or my right not to be discriminated against because I don't want to do that but does it mean that I have to go to church in order to honor people who fought for religious freedom uh, there are apparently atheist churches I don't know if there are any in New Zealand but <laughs> apparently in Europe there are so you know even if you, you don't believe in God that's fine go to an atheist church well nobody thinks that You you can honor people and respect people and be aware of the history of of what happened so that we can enjoy those rights uh, without actually exercising those rights actively ourselves. Uh, We don't think that we need to honor people who secured our freedom of expression by writing a certain number of op-eds per year. obviously not everybody is interested in doing that not everybody and it's not an insult to say that not everybody has the capacity to do it and the same i think the same goes for voting
0: so the solution is um pure anarchy then no um so we're just going to take a quick break and head out to the streets and ask the students of aut if they think they should bother voting i guess that's a little bit well that'll be the question
2: that will be the question (laughs) Hey yeah, Stan, yeah? I'm on the street today talking to AUT students about voting. Are you going to vote? I am going to vote,
1: yeah. Yes. Yeah. You are? Yeah, I am. Do
2: you think it's important to vote?
1: Yeah, yes I do, yeah.
2: If it's making the government some kind of improvement then, yeah. It's important for us to be able to pick the government that we want. Yeah? We need
1: to be able to have a say
0: like, yeah. in what happens.
1: It's like your future and you're a part of the future. It's your chance, I guess, to express your views and which party enhances
2: your views the most. Lots of young people don't vote. What do you think is the reason for that?
1: I think most of them just can't be bothered.
2: They can't decide who they want to vote for or they don't want to vote for either party.
1: They might not know enough about it mm-hmm. to make a decision. I don't. I don't feel like enough young people know enough yeah. about politics to yeah. like make an informed decision.
0: Maybe start informing
2: from like a younger age or yeah. maybe high schoolish.
1: To be honest, I feel like I have no standing to actually have an opinion because I haven't been given enough information. My opinion is irrelevant because I haven't been informed. I just do not feel connected whatsoever and I know that every vote counts and I wish that I could, you know, feel confident in my vote, but I don't because I don't know anything. So we're back, and um, one of the other um, reasons for making voting compulsory is around citizen engagement. And I I mean, I've really noticed, and I don't know if it's just this election that I've been noticing it, but there's a lot around engaging young voters because they tend not to vote in um, in the numbers that say older voters do. I mean, um, that was one of the, the arguments for compulsory. I mean, does it make us more engaged if we have to vote?
2: I've never seen any evidence for that. You can force people to go to the polling station. And that's a, you know, all things considered, it's a very small duty actually. Uh, For most people at least, and those people who for one reason or another for whom it would be a serious imposition, they will probably be excused even in a compulsory voting regime. That's the case in Australia and elsewhere. Uh, So for most of us, going to the polling station is not a big deal which is why people are uh, okay with imposing it. Becoming informed voters takes a tremendous amount of effort. If you take that seriously, if you think that you need to learn a lot about the position of the different parties that are running in the election, and then you need to know, let's say, uh, economics, sociology, international relations, philosophy, perhaps, a little law wouldn't hurt, and that's probably just the beginning. If you, you want to make up your mind about, say, assistant suicide, well, you might want to know a little bit about uh, biology, bioethics, and whatnot, you need to know an awful lot to be a reasonably informed voter. And you can't force people to become informed voters because that would be a very onerous duty. You couldn't verify whether they have complied with it or not. Nobody thinks, or almost nobody thinks, that we should have knowledge tests. Uh, And you certainly couldn't couple a knowledge test with a duty to vote. I mean, you could, and then you could fine you know, everybody who cannot pass an exam on uh, the relevant uh, social, scientific, scientific, civic, legal knowledge that you need to be a good citizen.
0: Well, a lot of people would be paying a lot of fines. And like on top of that, keeping all the organizers of these things unbiased so that
2: exactly. people
0: generate their own opinions. Here's what I did and what I would recommend. If, if you're listening to this podcast and you're similar to me and that you just don't really care... Um, but you still feel like you should. Um, I did one of the many vote compasses I can't remember what one I did an online quiz basically and I answered like a hundred questions and um, then it showed me the my like top 10 parties that I side with in, in like a percentage scale. In my opinion, that's the most that's the minimum. That's the minimum you should do if you think you should vote but don't have an opinion that's I feel comfortable now because I went into an unbiased algorithm and said this is this is my opinions on things did, and it said this is the Did closest. it
1: line up rough did what did it come as a surprise did you look at it and go
0: oh uh, no yeah. not really I don't know <laughs> <laughs> how would I know. <laughs> yeah. um, do, no. do, do, you, do
2: you know that it's an unbiased algorithm?
0: Uh, the, well I mean everyone there's there's ones that people we, say don't do this because it's biased and I did one of the ones that Right. Most well, we people.
2: hope we hope that they are. I'm not saying I'm not yeah, saying course. that they're not unbiased, but uh, pe- people should be a little bit careful about. I've that.
0: seen results from my friends who got opposite, like left and right results. So it, it's not like swaying at all to one side, though. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess in this in this one case that I'm <laughs> pulling pulling up, it didn't. Yeah.
1: I, just a quick, and I don't know whether you can answer this, but voter turnout. And I looked at um, New Zealand um, post-war. There was there was a lot of people um, voted, and that's quietly trickled away. Which I guess is why we get people like um, the Electoral Commission and New Zealand to try and get people out voting. I mean, do you know much about the, what's happened um, between that Second World War period and now that that has been? And I, I think this is a trend globally, isn't it? It, it is. Yeah. It
2: is a, a trend pretty much everywhere. It certainly has been the trend in Canada. I believe it's been the uh, trend in the United Kingdom as well. Uh, I, I, it probably has to do something with uh, falling uh, levels of trust in government, although it's very hard to tell where the cause is and, and where the consequence is, uh, probably has something to do with... Uh, changing perceptions of what it means to be a good citizen because for a lot of people uh, voting is just something that they they take it for granted that they have to do it uh, in order to be good citizens. When you start thinking about it, that's actually a lot less obvious than it first appears. Uh, but if you've been brought up to think that it's important, then you will continue thinking it's important. Uh, which is why a lot of people say we need we should lower vote the voting age to get people started early so that they get into the habit. Uh, but people's views on uh, citizenship and what it means to be uh, socially conscious and uh, conscious and involved. Uh, Change And there are more and different ways of becoming uh, involved, uh, some of which we might find praiseworthy, some of them uh, we might find not particularly persuasive. uh, If all your involvement in public life is joining some groups on Facebook, we might think that doesn't go very far, although uh, does that go any less far than uh, casting a vote? we can question that too uh, but some people will uh, find other ways to to be involved uh, in public life in public affairs and uh, discussions with their fellow citizens uh, and those those ways of contributing to public life don't don't actually involve voting
1: now so um third on your list of um i guess outcomes from compulsory voting or reasons we should um make it compulsory was around it would change the behaviour of politicians um, what was the argument there and, and yeah what was so the,
2: the, the hope is that right now politicians uh, don't need to appeal to a relatively substantial chunk of the electorate because they know that there is very little chance that they will turn up anyway uh, and so their interests are presumably ignored what the uh, research research Suggests is that the uh, results of forcing those people to the polls is actually going to be almost the opposite of what people who advocate compulsory voting hope for. those people, you might force them to go to the polls, but as we've already uh, discussed, you cannot really force them to become informed. And they tend to be, not in all cases, but they tend to be the least informed part of the electorate, and and so they tend to be the sort of people who would be most easily swayed by very simplistic uh, arguments, by uh, appeals to emotions, by appeals to irrational considerations. Uh, so do you even want that sort of uh, person voting? Uh, I think is a question that is worth asking. Uh, the hope that political discourse will be elevated if politicians have to reach out to those voters, no, it probably won't be elevated. They will have to at best simplify, simplify even more than they do now. At worst, dumb it down and, and lie and deceive. Uh, so the the hopes for better uh, better politics is not going to come out of it and and again i suspect that australia is a good example uh, whatever we might think of it uh, it doesn't Seem to be an example of a place that has more high-minded or uh, somehow better politics than New Zealand.
1: Yeah, sure, sure, and f- and finally, the, the, around that argument around inaccurate representation. I mean, right. To, yeah.
2: So, so the this this uh, idea that uh, when people uh, abstain, their interests aren't taken into account, and and so we, we get a, a distorted picture of what the public wants. Uh, relies to a considerable extent on uh, a guess, which seems like a plausible guess, but turns out it's not borne out by the research, uh, that people vote in what they see, see as their self-interest. And so if everybody is a self-interested voter, and then we have a group of people who tend to be young, less educated, more marginalized, and so on, then the self-interest of those people uh, would not be represented and the uh, politicians would try to cater to the self-interest of the older, richer, whiter, uh, and so on. the reality, insofar as we can tell from, from the research, uh, is that people don't vote like that. People vote in what they think is going to be better for the community and not just for themselves. Now, of course, those two things might be conflated to some extent. You might think that if you're better off, the community is better off. Uh, so it it's not an airtight separation between what you think of as a public interest and your personal interest. But on the whole, people do try to be uh, civic-minded. They do try to vote uh, for everybody's benefit, uh, which is, for example, one reason why you have uh, quite a few people who are well-off, who are nevertheless supporting parties uh, that favor, let's say, more redistribution of wealth. Uh, So uh, people who don't vote it's not uh, that their interests are not necess- are not taken into account at all it's their representation of or their ideas about the public interest might not be taken into account so much but because they tend to be less informed less educated and less engaged their ideas of what is in the public interest also tend to be the most distorted ones and so again from the perspective of uh, the public interest Uh, in a a more informed perspective they might actually be doing everyone a favour by staying away from the polling stations. Come election
1: day? You won't be voting in New Zealand. I will will not be
2: voting because I'm not a permanent resident of New Zealand. But just for the record, uh, I did not vote in the last Canadian election uh, when I I, I am a Canadian citizen. I did not vote in the last election uh, because I did not like my options. I uh, couldn't choose the. I certainly couldn't choose a better one. But I couldn't even choose one that was uh, dramatically worse than the others, uh, so that I could oppose it. Uh, one, one problem with elections, uh, which we don't really, really have with our decision-making in our day-to-day lives, is that we have to vote for bundles, of very complicated bundles. And you couldn't vote for, let's say, national's immigration policy and the green policy on uh, the environment and labor's policy on something else. You have to pick uh, a bundle that is offered to you and and you then are stuck with it. And so that, that was uh, the reason why I didn't vote in the last Canadian election. I liked little bits and pieces of uh, the platforms of different parties, and I strongly disliked many other bits and pieces. A- and it's very hard to weigh, let's say your preferences in foreign policy versus your pol- preferences on tax versus your preferences in uh, on constitutional matters. If they mostly align and you agree with most policies that a particular party propounds, good for you. And by all means, go and vote for them. Uh, But sometimes you can't really make that choice.
1: Might explain my um, vote compass result, which was very, um, very, there was a couple of outliers, but it was very uh, evenly spread um, through a, a big middle ground. But yeah. That's great. Well, I actually just strangely feel more comfortable and less anxious about voting <laughs> um, because I actually have to vote early. I won't be in the country no. for the election, so I've got to vote within the next couple of days. Um, but I think I feel my, yeah. not, not that my vote doesn't count, but it, maybe <laughs> yeah, I, don't we've, we've it. It. I don't need to. sweat I don't need to swear it quite so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jay.
0: Um, I mean, like I said at the start, I'm I'm still going to vote. Um, and I appreciate, I appreciate anyone who's listening to this who's furious <laughs> at my at what I've been saying. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm still going to vote, and I'm, I'm voting for a party that an online thing said I should vote for. What more do you want from me? Is basically my question. I'm playing the game, <laughs> like I'm, I'm doing my part and Not doing your. And, if, and even when you tell people, if the first thing people tell you to vote. And then you're like, okay, I'll vote. Then they go, okay, vote for this person. And you're like, like, or, or don't vote for the person you've decided to vote for. That's, that's an entirely different podcast. Yeah,
1: but. no. Hey, that's great. Um, thanks for your time, Leonard. And um, Leonard is a prolific. Pro- your, your blog is really up to date, isn't it? You're constantly adding to it. So we'll refer to that in the um, notes for the podcast, um, mm-hmm. plus a couple of op-eds that he's written in the last um, six or eight months around this topic which uh, make interesting reading if you want to mm. want to check those
0: out. Cool, so go out and vote or don't um, that's it, that's the end <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> okay, that was our episode, um, thank you very much for listening if you listen to the whole thing and once again my apologies if it uh, frustrated you to no end as I know a lot of my friends who might listen to this episode might get frustrated with it
1: I felt... It made me feel more comfortable about voting. So, um, yep.
0: If you have a question that you're afraid to ask, please send it to us uh, with the hashtag AskAUT. You can also find us on Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and all the social platforms, and we will see you in the next episode. You know how to whistle, not just a
2: the human What does Marcellus Wallace Look, what's the deal with What's no the
0: matter with me, baby? What's the matter with you?
2: <laughs> Big Anderson, what? How can you talk if you haven't got a
0: brain? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? I tell you, who don't play what I don't know don't he care. What's the deal with Airplane Peanuts? Do you child. understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. Oh!